0: When you're being highly critical and exposing a multi-billion dollar company, there's always an element of well, slight nerves, I guess, or a caution and thinking, well, what's the response going to be? But they're all used to me now. It's a small market, really, for these big corporations. They all know who I am, they have public relations strategies and they have crisis management people that say, I know how to deal with this bloke. I never get to meet them, but I've heard this is what goes on behind the scenes. There's lawyers hanging around, dying to sue me, waiting for me to slip up. But all that's quite good fun. I like that sort of, um, that adrenaline side uh, of the game.
1: That was Michael West from Michael West Media. G'day and welcome to Democracy's Watchdogs, the podcast. You're with Bill Burnbauer, the CEO of Democracy's Watchdogs. Michael West has done something pretty unique in Australian journalism. After a terrific career in mainstream media, he used his redundancy money to establish his own media company, which today has lots of subscribers. What I love about Michael's journalism is that he takes no prisoners. There's always an underlying anger in his journalism at injustice and corruption by powerful corporations and politicians. We like to say that investigative journalism holds power to account well michael certainly does that in spades i hope you are inspired by his passion and commitment as much as i was
0: social media is You see, now my traffic's up to 130,000 a month, right? And social media together, the three or four of us that are involved in the site, we've probably got 60,000 Twitter and 100,000 Facebook. So that is the newspaper trucks in effect, but at zero cost.
1: Michael, in 2016, you set up your own investigative uh, organisation and website. How did that come about?
0: Well, I'd been axed from Fairfax uh, three months before and it uh, came as a bit of a shock because I had an audience there and, uh, but they were sick of fielding complaints uh, by big businesses and uh, various people. So um, I took that redundancy and I went away for a couple of months and came back and thought, what do I want to do? And I've only ever been sort of half good at one thing and that's been journalism. And so I just thought I'll just go out on my own. I put the redundancy money into it, set up my own website. Couldn't think of anything better to call it than Michael West because (laughs) of the martyrdom value. And that sort of worked with Twitter uh, and social media. And uh, so I started in April um, 2016.
1: Quite unique to have an investigative website exploring corporate corruption, tax evasion and so forth.
0: Um, How much time do you devote to it? Well, the time is continuous because working for a large institution, you gather news and you write it. You don't have to worry about any of the back end. Uh, But now I'm running a business. I've got to worry about getting the money in the door, gathering the news, writing it. I've now got three or four mouths to feed in a very small way. Uh, It's been very rewarding because we've been growing. Um, So it's been great, but the work is constant. Um, defamation is always a threat, the threat of lawyers uh, suing you for some perceived um, injury to their reputation or their client's reputation. Um, the sheer workload and make, making sure you've got it right all the time, that the people, having to deal with all the people, because now I, I run, say, about ten people's copy as well as my own, uh, from time to time, but it's a community effort. I mean, the, the network, the contact base, which i built up over many years, it's a collaborative effort, and uh, so it's definitely not me. I've just got my name on it.
1: But you're exposing some of Australia's and some of the world's biggest companies in a way that they wouldn't be all that happy about. And, you know, michaelwest.com.au is, uh, is you, essentially. You've got to think twice, do you, about uh, taking on these giants?
0: Well, you always, when you're being highly critical and exposing a multi-billion dollar company, there's always an element of well, slight nerves, I guess, or a caution and thinking, well, what's the response going to be? But they're all used to me now. It's a small market really for these big corporations. They all know who I am. They have public relations strategies and they have crisis management people that say, I know how to deal with this bloke. I never get to meet them, but I've heard this is what goes on behind the scenes. There's lawyers hanging around dying to sue me, waiting for me to slip up, but all that's, quite good fun. I like that sort of, um, that adrenaline side uh, of the game. Living on the edge? Slightly living on the edge, having to make sure you're not over the edge or you, you know, you do, I mean, if I make mistakes, I rectify them immediately. Uh, but if other people make mistakes and they're on the site, it's, it's, it's difficult as well. That's happened. Uh, but we just change it. This is the beauty because you can change things on the page in live time. You don't have to worry about the fact that a newspaper's gone out out, on the back of a truck and that that piece of paper will be hanging around forever.
1: I mean, having an institution backing you, um, you've experienced that because you worked for both the Australian and uh, Fairfax. Uh, What have been, what are the major differences working essentially for yourself?
0: Well, I'd been with uh, News Corp, the Australian, as a columnist for... um, They they poached me out of stockbroking. I'd started on the Fin Review as a cadet and then went five years on the Herald, and then I got poached again uh, by Fairfax from News Corp uh, as a columnist and then a business editor. So eight years news, eight years Fairfax. So I was used to a life of working with a big institution where your copy went to the in-house lawyer before it got sent out. All you had to do was gather the news and write it. Uh, this is a vastly different caper now because I have much less time in the day to do that because there are other people to deal with. There's the running of the business, there's the back end production stuff, the headlines, the f- captions, the photographs, the hyperlinks, problems with WordPress, paying uh, for load balances to be maintained, paying for the back end to be maintained. All these things, artwork, um, these things take time. So, somebody else's story, to produce somebody else's story, takes an hour or two as well as my own. Sometimes it's quicker for me to write it from scratch than it is to uh, publish somebody else.
1: So you have to be passionate. I mean, why do you do
0: it? Well, I do it because the feedback has been so big. Essentially, the theme or the purpose of the website is monitoring, reporting on um, the rising power of corporations over democracy. So money and politics, what big business is up to. Uh, I believe that there is pressure on the mainstream media and that a lot of stories get pulled or not published or journalists don't even go near them because they know what the editors want. Um, You won't see, for instance, in the Murdoch press, any criticism of the enormous oil and gas industry in Australia. Uh, There's things that nine won't go near. I don't have those problems. I can look at any story on its merit and, and, and publish as long as it stacks up. And of course, the great benefit is that there's only one person to complain to. You. Me.
1: So is it the mainstream media not touching those areas because they're worried about advertising being pulled or something else?
0: Advertising is one thing. Client relationships generally, um, they get tapped on the shoulder all the time. I mean, I was an editor there. Um, These are large corporations that that inject millions of dollars into each main media organisation every year. Now, you're gonna think twice about the coverage Um, and, so I don't have to worry about that because I don't take any advertising whatsoever. I'm funded by my readers, five bucks, 20 bucks a month, who just want to back me because they know there is a big gap in the market, that nobody else is doing this. And that is really holding big corporations and politicians to account on these um, issues like tax haven things, multinational tax avoidance and so forth.
1: And you're funded predominantly by donations. Uh, what? kind of budget are you working on can you
0: well I'm not gonna tell you how much people uh, what it is collectively mm. uh, but it's 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 enough now I, I put my redundancy in there um, and spent a lot of time and effort and getting the thing up uh, but now I can pay my own mortgage and I can fund uh, in a very modest way some other journalists to work as well um, and bring up my kids. So that's, it's enabling. I don't think there's many other people that have done this actually, because it's, particularly if you're going in deeply, it takes time. So I have to cut corners in terms of being able to rely on really good contacts to just email them and say, does this stack up? Quick phone call, does this stack up? Get me that information, then we can do this, um, this story. So it's, it is a very collaborative effort, um, but, Somehow it's worked, because there's community concern about these issues, about the the influence. Money in politics, essentially, is eroding confidence in government, and it's a serious thing, and inequality has kept on rising over a long period, wages are stagnant, this kind of thing. These are are things that affect every Australian, and to be able to actually name the big businesses Mm. like Exxon, Energy Australia, these sort of businesses, Glencore, which are huge tax avoiders that don't pay uh, as much income tax as even the poor worker
1: you also mentioned earlier that um you you break stories you break news uh, that sometimes isn't followed up by the mainstream business reporters or media why do you think that's the
0: case but also there's a rivalry in the media which is funny it's, it's quite a bitchy profession that even journalists that i like that the guardian or you know at fairfax or whatever there's still this You know and between news corp and fairfax there's all these professional rivalries among journalists and unfortunately that is not in the public interest because because it restricts coverage so the others won't follow it up because they go well that's his story we don't don't want to be following his story and i think that is um that plays straight into the hands of the vested interests we're reporting on
1: you identified Australia's top 40 tax avoiders. Um, tell me a bit about that project.
0: Well, as a result of the 2015 Senate inquiry into corporate tax avoidance where Google and Microsoft and Glencore and News Corporation were exposed for their tax avoidance, that changed the game really in Australia. People suddenly realised the TV cameras were there, that things like the double Dutch Irish sandwich was a scam, wasn't something to be admired. Um, and. Uh, So, there was good coverage and behaviours changed. Now, billions of dollars have come in the door as a result of better tax paying behaviour by multinational companies in Australia. There are still plenty that are extremely aggressive, most of them, and don't pay any tax, many of them. Uh, So, I thought, now, what are we going to do about this? Because we got these laws changed, well, my contacts did, like Jeff Knapp, a fantastic forensic accountant contact. Um, the government was getting billions in extra because of changed behaviours and because of other um, reforms to the Tax Act. Um, so I thought, well, how are we going to do this? Because every year they come out with this transparency thing now saying revenue, taxable income, how much tax they pay. So I thought, well, let's do a top 40 like the old, you know, you've got to have a bit of gimmicky thing in your journalism or it's too dry. So we just, we did some metrics with a very... Uh, top tier tax lawyer contact of mine uh, who said, well, probably the best way to do it is to do these metrics. I won't bore you them with here, but Mm. they're quite complicated. And so we put it on Excel every year with the top companies earning uh, the top revenue in Australia. And uh, uh, we see how much tax uh, they haven't paid. And I also do a top 40 best taxpayers, I call that the top 40 tax heroes Mm. as well, just to, to balance it up to show who who's uh, performing their civic duty in that area. And there's ironies like the banks, uh, terrible villainy on the um, systemic fraud front as evinced by the Royal Commission. Um, But of course, they're the biggest taxpayers uh, in Australia by a a long way.
1: On your website, you've got um, a weather map, a weather forecast for the Cayman Islands. It's a nice touch.
0: Well, that's just a bit of Humour. I mean this is such a dark area and it's frankly a lot of people say how do you do it because you're just reporting on these big gigantic scams and 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 how you know people aren't in the loop on these the money and politics and so on so I try to lighten it up and use a little bit of humor and just the Cayman Islands weather report and of course it's always the same temperature in the Cayman Islands it varies between 28 and 30 degrees but (laughs) but unless there's a sort of hurricane or something but um It's just because Cayman Islands is the most recognized tax um, avoidance destination uh, and it's just a bit of fun on the website to to, to suggest this is what we're doing. We're we're looking and indeed assets are being sold to to foreigners who then put the profits through the Cayman Islands from Australia, even assets that we taxpayers used to own. Tax fairness is, you know, it's only going to get bigger. It's already quite big now. And I think people now know, the bigger of town, that reputational damage for being seen as a tax cheat um, is a significant thing.
1: It's invisible, generally, to the public, isn't it?
0: That's right. And, uh, and if, it, if, we, if, if we can make it, if we can make people accountable for what they're doing, mm. you know, they're lobbying to open up fracking land in the Galilee Basin, in the, in the Betelou Basin, and so on. This is the gas sector now. So you've got ex-politicians and wives actually uh, lobbying uh, to open up these, um, these gigantic areas for gas fracking and so on. And frankly, their identity should be known. These sort of things should be publicized so people know what's going on behind the scenes. People know what sort of weight their vote carries. Frankly, the the trust in politics is gone. That makes it difficult for any government to legislate, so there's a stasis in reform. And part of the problem has been, as we saw from the last election, the media. Things like the franking credits debate, they swallowed the government's line about big retiree tax hook, line and sinker almost all the mainstream media. Most of them didn't understand it, it's complicated. Um, But there was an institutional favoring of the government's great big retiree tax lie. And that was a 100% lie because it wasn't a tax, it was the removal of a subsidy for generally wealthy people. Do you see yourself as
1: a bit of an activist or or
0: not? No, I try not to do that. Uh, in fact, I have people contacts, obviously activists, but I'm not politically aligned at all. Uh, so any government, no matter which stripe, uh, will get the same treatment. Fair game. Fair game. Um, I'm definitely not activist, although I do verge into campaign territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I try to always put public interest before agendas and before the money too. Doesn't, hasn't made me rich, but the point is, if you always stick to that, what is in the public interest here? Stick to that one principle, uh, and then you, you're generally okay. In a
1: general sense, do you think uh, corruption fraud is on the increase in Australia?
0: I think it is, and I think that's evinced by all the corruption scandals uh, over the last six years under the present government. Yeah. The fact is, if there's no accountability in politics, then, Bad behaviour will flourish. It's just like the kids in the playground. If the teacher isn't there to look at them at, at lunch break and make sure they get up to no mischief, they will get up to mischief. It's human nature, and that's what's happened. And because there's no accountability, because nobody falls on their on their sword when they've been caught doing something, um, this is the problem. It's a terrible problem from politics, and it eats away at the public's confidence. So it's an area. I really focus on, and right at the moment, GetUp rang me up the other day and said, can you do a big investigation into all the corruption things and see how the corruption scandals, see how they rack up against the suggestions by the Liberal Party, the Labor Party and the Greens for a Commonwealth Integrity Commission or a federal ICAC, corruption, anti-corruption commission. Mm. So that's what I'm working on at the moment. I've got a, I've, I've got a reporter, I've sort of offshored it and we're gonna do it together. And uh, I think that's a worthy project because they have to make leaders, both in business and in politics, accountable for their actions. Mm-hmm. The Bank and Royal Commission, where's the accountability? Well, it has gone. Politics, scandal after scandal after scandal, and um, nothing has been done about it. So that is something which will f- really undermine dem- democracy further just as much as inequality, or they're they're going hand in hand because people go to the election once every three years, they know they've got their vote, but for the rest of the time, they sense that somebody else is running the show.
1: Mm. Hi, it's Bill Birnbauer back with you. If you enjoyed that podcast and want to hear more interviews with top investigative journalists, go to democracieswatchdogs.org and locate the podcasts tab. On the site, you can watch video interviews with all the journalists featured in these podcasts. You can subscribe to our podcast and also to our newsletter for alerts about forthcoming interviews and our latest news. And please help us produce more interviews by supporting our work. As a registered non-profit organisation, we depend entirely on your support. Just go to democracieswatchdogs.org, press the donate button, and give us whatever you can afford. Every bit helps. It all goes into production and is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.